the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Welcome to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat. This week we've got Amityville Cop. I wonder what it's about. Uh, it's about an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, for real. This is this is sixty-eight minutes long. It's on Tubi. We've already been dealing with episodes longish, as long if not slightly longer than the movie. But we are still hopefully more entertaining than the hour or so spent watching some of them. I I think we can safely say that we're more entertaining than the actual movies that we've been watching. At least to us. At least to us, man. Just just look at. I'm sorry, you can't see this at home, folks at home, but uh, we pulled up Amityville, <laughs> Amityville Cop on Tubi, and it just pulls up all the Amityville movies, and Jesus God, there are what, 15, 18 of them? No, 21, this is 5, 10, 15, 20, 23 different on Amityvilles. TV. Oh wait, uh, wait, no, a couple of them. A few of them are the Spanish language versions of the same film, so we'll go with twenty. Yeah, we'll go with easily twenty Amityville related films for free on Tubi, who we are shilling for again for some reason. But anyway, mm-hmm. cops and horror movies. Cops and horror movies. Cops as the villain of horror movies has yeah. been a thing. Uh, most famously, I think we teased last time. The Maniac Cop series. I like those Maniac Cop movies. They are phenomenal. It's just uh, Jason... What if Jason Voorhees was a cop? Which is to say, what if the bad guy of your horror movie was a cop? Yeah. Because, yeah. I I watched the first episode of We Own This City this morning, so I am, you know... I am geared up and primed to not like cops in this movie. Because, Jesus, God. We're in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. People. I, I feel like we've mentioned this once or twice. It's probably come up here and there. Yeah, but just to, as a reminder, we, we live in Baltimore, and yeah, I, cops are bad everywhere. But you know, like we, we are in internationally Baltimore. famous for it. <laughs> yeah, we we have several television shows devoted to it. But yeah, yeah, you people, don't see too many. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just people love to talk about. Oh, Baltimore is so full of crime. Like yeah, but a large chunk of it is not from the citizens. Yes. It's one of those, like, uh, you, you tell people you're from Baltimore, and like, oh, man, crime. Much in the same way people from Canada say they're from Canada, and the response is, wow, that's cold. It's mm-hmm. like, correct, you have the one yeah. nationally re- or globally recognized cliche about the place I live in. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one is, I believe, meant to be uh, take on the Maniac Cup. Uh, type yeah. stuff. It looks like it from the poster. At anyway. least from the poster. Yeah. Um, um, will it aspire? Well, it'll aspire to be a, a maniac cop, but I really don't think anything in the series so far has come close to the sheer joy of even the weakest maniac cop part three, which is still entertaining as hell. That one's still written by Larry Cohen. It was still written by Larry Cohen. It was still half directed by William Lustig yeah. and then there were wound up being issues with the studio I think just over money mm-hmm. like they were cutting the budget on it it was number three it was number three and it was ambitious there's a car chase where the, there's always a car there's chase there's always a car chase and there's always an elaborate fire stunt mm. they put them together in that the yes. maniac cop is driving the cop car while engulfed in flames that's amazing that's amazing yeah uh, this no digital effects, no green screen. Didn't have the money for that. Didn't have the technology for that. Oh there was a man literally on fire doing. I think you can do up to a twelve second take Jesus while God. while somebody's burning. Jesus. So they had to shoot this. This guy had to be lit on fire over and over and over again to be able to do this car chase, and it doesn't edit together as well as they would like. But it's also just insane. Like, no, that's incredible. Yeah. That's um, sort of like the uh, Apollo thirteen. How like all of the uh, the space shuttle, the spaceship scenes are filmed in the vomit comet airplane thing. Oh yeah. So it's like, and no take can be longer than like X amount of seconds because mm-hmm. gravity takes back over. Yeah. But it's like we have to legally. The union makes us 
put him out after 12 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of if we got the shot. Yeah. And they did want to be safe on it. They did, like, they care yeah. about their stuntmen because that's such a huge part of the movie. <laughs> that's the best throwaway <laughs> line in uh, The Money Pit. After one of the rehearsals, the uh, poor departed uh, Alexander Gudinov. The union requires me to give you lunch, but those of you who are honest will not be able to eat. <laughs> can we we can watch Money Pit? We can do that. We can Maybe watch we Money do that Pit as a instead. Oh, I, I was hoping instead of. Uh, you don't get too many movies where like cops are off are all almost always in a horror movie, but they're usually like an afterthought or a basil exposition sort of thing. You you don't see too many where they're the bad guy. No, let alone um, a supernatural bad guy. Yeah, Supernatural Bad Guy, I think Maniac Cop really is, like, the crown jewel of it. Yeah, because, like, even, like, the ones where they're the bad guys, they usually kind of skew more uh, suspense thriller. Yeah, that, like, that, that might be, like, that not... extra gory. Uh, yeah. Uh, an extra gory suspense thriller, but, you know, it's really just a suspense... Like, what's coming to mind is uh, the Night Watch, the... Uh, the, or the American version of Nightwatch, at least. The Ewan McGregor okay, film, yeah, where yeah. it's like Nick Nolte turns out to be the serial killer at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert for a movie that's 27 years old that you didn't watch the first time. Yeah. But you should, because it's got Ewan McGregor, Josh Brolin, Rosanna Arquette, and Nick Nolte, and John mm-hmm. C. Riley. It actually is pretty good. I remember seeing Red it Durf. to Charles, but I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's fine. It's or fine. The Rotunda. I think it's not The Rotunda. Yeah. Back when that was in our house. What other ones have them as the bad guys? Yeah, like, uh, at most they are bumbling cops. They don't believe the teenagers when yep. something's going on. That's, I mean, that's a trope upon trope. My favorite worst horror movie cop is still Danny Glover in the first Saw film. It's just... All right. So, like, he's presented as very sharp and on point at the be- at the very beginning of the film and then just perpetually degrades into lower and lower levels of incompetence and then outright insanity by the end of the film. It's so good. Yeah. It's, he's the anti-Roger Murtaugh. I was watching Lethal Weapon the other night. Mm-hmm. That first Lethal Weapon is just great. Yeah, and, and the you, second one I love. I love the second one, but you know what makes it... I finally like, like flipped my viewing of the two around, and you know why the first one is better? Not just because it's all Shane Black. You know, right, not just well, the yeah, story, but... Yeah. Murtaugh and Riggs are equal yeah. in the first one. After the first one, Murtaugh is, you know, a sidekick of varying degrees of Like, he's the real grumpy humanity. party pooper. Yeah. yeah. But he's actually a character and has stakes in that first one. Yeah. And that That's what makes it good. Yeah. But, he's just trying to get out of the way of all the bullshit by the second one. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. But... Which is crazy because the bad guys in that were apartheid uh, South Africa assholes. Yeah. So you would think the black cop would have more of a role, prominent role in the film. But his house just got blown up toilet first. So yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But so, yeah, bad cops. Did <coughs> um, well, uh, less cartoonish. Your, your beloved Scream series has a re- just recurring bumbling cop. But bumbling, not. Not bad, not an asshole. He is actually no, he, trying to do right. Yeah, he's just terrible at being a cop. Uh, he's, you know what? He's not a cop after the first one, right? Uh, no, he um, he gets promoted. I think he's back in service by four, but he's retired by five. Jesus Christ. I was going to say, um, for the cartoonish, terrible cop, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh. John Vernon. True, but conversely, Dave, we have like two of the rarities, like gotcha. the, the really like stupid, but or like the great example of the bumbling cop, but or the non doesn't doesn't believe yeah. you the cop. the obstacle cop obstacle cop, and then we have hero cop Dave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, who is man? You rewatch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Dave is really like borderline abusing his power with Mike. Yeah, oh, yeah, first half of the movie, like yeah. especially before they see actually see the clowns, he's like, "This is my ex girlfriend's new boyfriend, and I'm a cop. So guess who's gonna you know have a bad night?" You know what? Thinking about it, like even when the cop is a good guy in a lot of horror movies, there still has to be that tinge of asshole to it. Oh God, yeah, because yeah. ACAB. Yeah, 
I was like, thinking uh, if just to get out of the way, our obligatory Hellraiser reference, uh, mm-hmm. Hellraiser Five, the right. last genuinely good one. Uh, the main character Craig good one. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, I, that's I have to like it this, uh, in some places. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But this one, I actually will argue with people. It's like, no, this one's good. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. though I watched a 20-minute movie saying, uh, video saying it sucked this morning. Well, they were wrong. Not exactly. Yeah, but, uh, it's just not... It was the first non-theatrical Hellraiser, yeah. and it was the first one really diving into what Barker wanted to do with the series, which yeah. is the Cenobites show up, but it's yeah. not supposed to be about them. Exactly. And so in that one, Craig Schaefer is a uh, impressively corrupt cop. Yeah. As our main character. Who is compelling but not likable. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got? Goofy cops. Um, but that's the thing. is All like the Friday, Friday 13th. Mm-hmm. The cop, the, they're always like the end of, like, that's how you knew the, no, the Friday the 13th movie is over. The cops have finally shown up. The cops have shown up and usually been uh, picked off. No. Not always. No, no, only in like six. Like six is where they start actually being characters. Yeah. Well, okay. So the first one. Great anyway. First one has cops just at the end. Second one does have that one cop who does get killed by Jason. Right. Uh, Third one, they're just at the end. Fourth one, they're at the end but not the beginning. Or, or they're at the beginning, but not the end, rather. Right, because uh, it's just pick, yeah, flashbacking. Yeah. Five, um, five they're, uh, they pop up, but they have no effect on anything. No. Six, they are main characters. They're main characters and well-developed, but six, again, is great. Six is so good. Um, and again, it's an obst- he's, a, he's more of a bumbling obstacle than he is. No, because no, let's be real. Who is the bad guy of number six? I mean, I'm still going to argue. Um, I, it's Tommy Jarvis. It is to- yeah. Every if, single... If, it's, every- if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have six forward. Every single death from... Every single death in number six and forward can all be put on Tommy Jarvis's dumb, dumb hands. Yep. Yeah. Including all of the cops that get killed in that one. Yeah. Seven has no cops. Eight has no cops. Wait no, eight, no. Has, eight has one though. Eight has one like full on Irish cliche New York cop that gets yes. killed. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, nine. Nine has FBI. Yeah, nine has like. Man, yeah, it's like I love that. It's like screw this. Local PD can't do this. We're 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 bringing in the feds and they get him. Mm-hmm. They get Jason. Yeah. In that one, um, I will say that there's again, not even ineffective, just. Not up for the challenge, cops in the Halloween series, especially Sheriff Oof. Brackett. Yeah, Sheriff oh, Brackett God, wants yeah, to do his yeah. job. He's trying to catch the guy. He's believing Loomis. He's, <laughs> He's giving, believing Loomis. Yeah. He is not saying, "Well, let's see." He's like, no. "Oh shit, what's going on? Yeah. Let's stop this." And continues to do his job, even after knowing he has lost his daughter. Hell. In the first one, Brackett's even arguing to do more than Loomis wants. Like yeah. He's like, we should be putting this out on, we should be warning everybody, and Loomis is the one holding him back. Yeah. Now, Sheriff Brackett, I would yeah. say. That, Sheriff like, Brackett's good. Yeah. And if I, that's, the, that's the key. They have to be, they're very, they can be good, good-hearted, but ineffectual. Right. Mm. But... But yeah, rarely is a cop the hero of a horror movie either. Which is weird. You would, well, because they never believe that anything. They never believe it, and I guess the horror is supposed to be somebody so out of their depth up against the challenge. Yeah. So, like, that's why, like, action movies with cops, it's cop, 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 cop. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm up against terrorists, or now I'm up against bigger scheme than is mm-hmm. my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah, it's out of your element. And also, you know, if we have enough cops on a thing, we should be able to stop one guy. Right. Even if they're supernatural. Like, Jason, if, like, as we see in number nine, with enough firepower and, you know, foreknowledge, yeah, we're going to take him out. It's yeah. going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Which is makes it even funnier at the beginning of Jason X when it's all the army guys. that He kills, like, 28 army guys oh, at yeah. the beginning of that movie. Jason X. Yeah. To paraphrase Die Hard, we're gonna need more army guys. Yeah. Oh man, that friggin' Lachlan Monroe in J- Freddy vs. Jason. Like you have the cops are all part of the cabal to 
erase the memory of Freddy from everybody. So you have most of those cops. Yeah. And then you get our bumbling cop who is, who does figure the whole thing out, but he's just stupid throughout yeah. the whole thing. And then he just gets killed in his afterthought. Uh, and actually, movie to, to roll back to the Maniac Cop series, it's good cops. Mm. It's a good cop trying to, usually one yeah. with a little bit of help, yeah. trying to stop the Maniac Cop. Tom Atkins. Who was previously a corrupt cop before mm-hmm. supposedly dying, again, Jason Voorhees style. Yeah. But he was a corrupt cop, and he's going after primarily other corrupt cops that he was in league with for betraying him, if I believe, was originally part of it. It gets... I think that comes in more in the second one, and it gets very muddled. It does. There is, like, some larger conspiracy. Because, like, in the first one, it's just straight up uh, Cordell was too rough, and uh, he got screwed over by the other cops... And by the system, by being put in general population instead of right. some sort of protective thing. But then in the second one, they do like a, a bit of a soft retcon and introduce all these like other angles. Well, I think it was that, that they involved. they were willing to let him, the extra rough cop, go down yeah, so he didn't yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. Like they basically they he knew that they were rats as well, and so he's coming to bring them to light. Or he was investigating <laughs> them, and so they kind of like. They didn't he frame was, him, but they let him go. They, yeah. No, I watched them last week. Yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah, it's but it's still like there are bad cops, but there are good yeah. cops in yeah. that, and it's cop against cop, cop against cop. Um, and God, the action sequences in those movies are amazing. And again, Tom Atkins, uh, oh, Bruce God. Campbell, Robert Davi. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many good things in those movies. I love them. Well, let's watch a bad one. Let's watch a... I'm sorry. We shouldn't be saying that going in, but... Let's watch something that cannot, in our hearts, live up to the beauty of Maniac Cop 2, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's not even 80 minutes long. How do you... Can we even call this a movie? Yeah, after 60 minutes. Oh, God. Uh, Feature presentation, I believe, is technically defined as 60 minutes or more. Really? Um, because that was enough. There were shorts and a feature, yeah. and shorts would typically be cartoons, newsreels, yeah. all that, and then the feature would be the hour or more movie. That's why you see, like, Plan 9 is just over an hour. Like, there was a lot of stuff that they just needed to get three reels out of it. Okay. Yeah. But this was never going to be in a theater. <laughs> they might have rented for a local premiere. I've done, I've done that for... Stuff I made for less than this. So. That's true. But right. we'll see you in a sec. That was boring. It was somehow both entertaining and boring at the same time, but definitely. Yeah. Like, a whole lot of things kept happening. But I'm not sure no, exactly no. what they were because, or a lot of things looks like they were sort of. <laughs> things were not happening in that movie. Nothing actually happened, but it was dynamically not happening. I, the lead was good and the bad guy was good. Yeah, and every so and every so often there was a funny joke that was not a result of the lead or the bad guy. Yeah, but no, it was. This is like the first 10 minutes of a cop movie, but stretched out over 68 minutes yeah. of runtime. And all your cop cliches, it got annoying after all. I threw my notepad at one point because they just kept... No, yeah. no, I threw that when it was just like, there's a killer in the house. What do you mean? What do you think I mean? It's like, stop it! Mm-hmm. Stop it! We know you need to get runtime, but just accept the information first time, not third, fourth, eighth... In some cases. Yeah. Um, for example, flashbacks. There were several flashbacks to the... Or- okay, that's jumping way ahead to jump yeah, way behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, we, we start with a couple that will not have any bearing on anything. You know, there's a lot of these Amityvilles that start off with, a, like, a couple that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Like, it's like the worst version, or, or like, the Amityville follows... Uh, law and order rules 
where you have like the one act, the two minute one act play of a yeah. couple finding the dead body. But like we starts off we, like this is like five minutes of this movie is devoted to this guy who just had his 40th birthday party and uh, wants to he has to go off on a business trip. But his girlfriend, who is at least 30 years younger than him, uh, doesn't want him to go. He goes. He's speeding. And then our Amityville cop shows up and murders him in the car. Yeah, but like... And that's the last... We never see the girl again. Never see the girl again. Uh, she's just there in her party dress. Talk, they have di- They have a little bit of dialogue about how New Year's Eve is coming up. Will he... Uh, will she wait for him? Like, all sorts of things that imply that one of them might be relevant or that some of this information will come up. Yeah, nope. The only thing dropped in that scene is that New Year's Eve is around the corner, which is mentioned plenty in the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it takes place on New Year's Eve. Yep. As near as I can tell. Um, So, yeah, after their whole completely pointless scene, he's in the car, the cop shows up, just stands there, and he just basically tries to do every sort of bribe or excuse or everything. Well, not everything. He didn't offer, you know. No. Wrote. Well, he didn't offer that to his girlfriend either, so no, I think he just no, weren't no. in the mood. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just, like, he just rambles on, uh, trying every cliche, and then the cop does something, and then part of his neck is missing, and we get the opening titles, and yeah, then we're done with those two characters, so we can go... And, uh, Forever. Just, yeah, we're done with them. Uh, and then we see a lot of uh, drone footage of what appears to be Los Angeles. Yeah. But it's supposed to be Amityville, which is now... they, they actually metropolis. Yeah, they reference uh, dealing with stuff in L.A. later in the movie. So apparently this is Amityville, California. I guess so. Great. Um, and we have a lot of... The soundtrack felt a lot like Hans Zimmer's Dune soundtrack for some reason. Huh. Okay. At least in the beginning. I honestly wasn't even paying attention. There was, yeah, there was just this when we were, they were doing the overhead shots. It's like it's Dune, okay. But we get like for for like the first half hour of this sixty-eight minute movie, we get like these like two movies running in parallel. One is uh, you know every so often we get we see what the Amityville cop is doing, and the other is just you know a straight police. The like a Hill Street Blues or a Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's just cops hanging around the police station. Yeah, not on cases. They nope. never leave the police department. Even when they have lunch, they never. They don't leave. They do have coffee in the morning. That is the yeah, one scene that's the outside of the police department. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the only police work air quote we see them doing is go for coffee, or one of them's at his desk trying to organize files to get them into the computer system. In this twenty twenty one movie, they do go to the morgue, but they never leave the police station. Oh no, but that's police work. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, they. They don't leave, and it's hard to tell if it's one consistent room or multiple rooms that look identical. I feel like it's just the one room. Or I think like the where they eat lunch is a different room, but everything else takes place in that other room, in the main room. Okay, gotcha. But I could be wrong. Yeah. It does become weird later for just, like, internal geography. But we're immediately introduced to Detective Miller, and uh, the thing you need to understand about Detective Miller is that he's an asshole. Literally. Every single character will say, call him an asshole to his face. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Basically, anytime he's on a joke train, which is all he does. And some of them are funny, oh, some of dude, them are not. He is the saving grace of this movie. So his name's yeah. Jason or Jay Toller, and he is uh, he's really funny throughout yeah. this whole thing. He has this whole. He's, he's being, quote unquote, chewed out by his captain. Uh, quotes on shoot out because this captain couldn't punch his way out of a paper bag, uh, which becomes a plot point later. Yeah. Um, he wants to know why there was all this destruction of property on uh, this one case where Miller and his partner Val were uh, breaking up a uh, domestic violence, uh, domestic, yeah, domestic violence call, and there was a coffee table and a TV that was destroyed. 
and the uh, different explanations he gives for why they're why the things were destroyed during the call were pretty funny. In addition to a whole monologue about uh, meeting up with a girl from IEatBooty.com. Yeah. Um, he yeah he's asked about the incident Friday night goes on like about a two minute monologue about the I eat booty yeah it was pretty good um, and detailed yeah and detailed <laughs> but, and not, the, but not scatological yeah, yeah. And, the, and the captain is just giving him the appropriate look so it's like oh you met the case oh yeah uh, I fought my way in the guy wouldn't let me in it was a domestic dispute um, so I asked the guy if he wanted to dance and he's not a very good dancer and he fell through the coffee table but I did throw him through the TV because he was watching a cooking show for a cooking show with a French chef that's mean to the other chefs, and so he doesn't like that. And so that's on me, Captain. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he does actually admit to <laughs> roughing up the suspect. Yeah. But said that the coffee table was not his fault. The partner comes in and says, oh, it was self-defense. He's clear. End of story. That's how these things get swept under the rug. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That, that's all that is. And that's to establish that Miller, or Cooper, Miller, is a, there's a, another cop called Cooper, which, you know, these are the most generic of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller is just a wise, a fast-talking, wise-cracking, Axel Foley-esque cop. Yeah. No actual police work to be done. Yeah. Um, not good at any other aspect of his job. And actually, that's not an aspect of the job to be a wisecracker, but he definitely, that's what he signed up for, and that's what he does. I, I, I like, I always like these movies that, or these movies that we've been watching where you can tell there's, clearly they have, nobody has any formal training, which, fine, or the filmmakers have no formal training, uh, but they're just basing everything off the impressions they get from the, the, the media that they consume. And so they didn't realize that, yes, the wisecracking police detective is a staple character, but they always have to show the cop being competent at their job. Axel Foley is a good detective. He's a very good detective. Yeah, Andy Samberg on the Brooklyn Nine-Nine does solve every single case that he gets. That's what allows him to be that personality. Yeah, the cockiness comes from job performance. Yes, but no, we, uh, we don't have time for that in our 68 minutes. So mm-hmm. we get that, we get... Uh, we get a lot of references to this impending New Year's party, which will now the governor has stated there can only be ten people, uh-huh. but they don't say why. Oh, they do say why. Oh, why? Oh, um, it's not COVID. It's not lockdown. Even though this was shot during that, and yeah. I'm sure it was a restriction on the cast. Uh, no, the governor apparently used like the governor used to have a giant party. And then the governor's son had a blowout party the previous year, and the cops raided and busted it all up. And the governor is corrupt, so he's done a statewide limit. You cannot have a New Year's Eve party of more than 10 people. Uh. Because, again, in the cops' words, the governor is corrupt. We busted his son, so he's doing this. Gotcha. That, I forgot about it because this has no bearing on the story whatsoever. No, the, gov- the corrupt governor pretty much has dropped as a thread after we explain why their New Year's party is yeah. 10 actors in the same office we've shot in the whole time. Yes. And we have we can't waste time on, any more time on that because we have to have Tom, the cop slash IT guy's entire life story for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Tom lives with his mother. He's taking care of her. Um, he's struggling to pay the bills. He's a very good guy, and Miller shouldn't pick on him so much. Miller's always hurting his feelings. Miller's making fun of him this entire scene relentlessly. Yeah. And, like, cruelly. Yeah. Like, Tom is basically saying, I don't need... I, I'm trying to get some work done. Val, Miller's partner is saying, Miller, stop being an asshole. Tom's a good guy. Tom's a friend of ours. Tom is the only good cop in the department. Apparently. Yeah. Val doesn't even include herself in this assessment. Literally says he's the only good cop we have here. This is terrible. So, I mean, when we complain about them being bad cops, they flat out said it in the movie. Yeah. 
Um, and again, it's very unclear, like, is this supposed to be, like, they keep doing these big drone shots of a gigantic city, but this feels, like, if this were just the small town local police, that could almost explain why they, these people yeah. and why the dynamic and why you have, like, our plainclothes rookie officer, Lewis, teamed up with a plainclothes detective, Cooper. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so we firmly established Tom. Um, that scene, it's not dialogue, by the way, or trialogue. Um, it's Tom just going, like, intercut Tom complaining about wanting to do work, Val calling Miller an asshole and saying how great Tom is, mm. Miller making jokes. That's kind of how dialogue works in this movie, is everybody is saying their thing for the scene, and you cut back and forth to it, and none of it really lines up with each other. No, it's and this is this is when this is before the whole before everything goes off the rails plot wise. Yeah, like this is still okay. We're with you, kinda. It'll get much worse. So, after Tom's complete life story, we uh, see uh, Amityville cop. Harassing a homeless person uh, yeah, for who drugs was, and loitering. Yeah, the homeless guy was asleep next to uh, a vial of something. Yeah, says drugs are illegal. Oh, that's not mine. I just fell asleep. I didn't see it there. Loitering is illegal. The homeless shelter is closed tonight. They had no beds. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then he handcuffs the guy, and then stabs him in the neck again and then the guy like clutches his neck as if he hasn't been handcuffed yeah yeah the handcuffs I guess maybe undead cops did, you know don't know how to I, I got nothing yeah I know no, no 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 so but yeah he um and then the best moment of the movie happens uh Gus a character will come to see a lot um, so much Gus Too he much just Gus. walks up past he walks up towards his friend Kevin. Kevin. We, we find out his name later is Kevin. Yeah. He's walking across in frame towards Kevin. The Amityville cop is walking, oh, like, evening Sam, evening Ralph, past yeah. in the other direction. We haven't seen Amityville cop's face yet. Right. We have seen his horrible, like, he's got really blotchy undead skin and gigundo claws. Yeah. But that's it so far. Because he's is the cop uniform he's wearing is the short sleeve one, which mm -hmm. kind of makes it funnier. Yeah, but I don't know how to do justice to Gus's reaction. Gus, but Gus looks off camera at his dead friend. It takes like ten. Like he looks at the cop, and then it takes him ten seconds to let out a death wail of fear. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but it, like, <laughs> yeah. We rewound. Like, yeah, we rewound. He's, just, he's walking by and it's like he just kind of like does a double take and then goes, mm, uh. <laughs> like it, it's 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 the best part. Of the yeah, it's the kind of beautiful reaction that like you get out of somebody who maybe you brought in to shoot that one part for a day, and then it turns out he's in the whole rest of the movie. He's in the whole rest of the movie because uh, after, uh, the next day. Uh, After the coffee, a, yeah, well, I was gonna say the coffee. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so we have Coop, uh, we. Jesus Christ! The captain has like this five-minute monologue about like how people start out in the force because this movie is about cops, not you know a horror movie. Right. It's supposed to be hard hitting, and then uh, oh, right with a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, he 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 pairs the rookie off with Cooper, uh, who is you know not even White Miller. He's just you know there. He's just another He's cop. He's just there. He's just another cop. He's <laughs> generic. I guess this is what the the professional cops kind of do, sort of-ish. Yeah. So Cooper takes Lewis out for coffee, and we get Lewis's backstory. None of these backstories ever matter. Like, they have no, no bearing to, uh, on None anybody. None whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, for the record, Lewis's parent, Lewis is from a long line of cops, and her father did not want her to be a cop. Um... Preferred barefoot and pregnant, I think, was the yeah, yeah, um, and so she has instead taken up the mantle anyway because I've got it in my blood. Mm -hmm. And then Cooper says, "I can see it. You've got it in your eyes." She 
looks like a kindergarten teacher in a cop outfit. Yeah. Like this entire yeah. time. And she does not have cop blood in her eyes no. or whatever they were trying no. to say. But who knows? So they, they finish coffee, they go outside, and Gus uh, apparently makes a play for Cooper's gun. It just looked, the way it, it really just looked like he's, he walked by them and screamed, and then all of a sudden they were handcuffing Gus. Yeah, which is entirely yeah. possible, yeah. Oh, no, especially L.A. or yeah. wherever. Amityville, California. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they haul him in, and they're trying to interrogate him, and he just talk, He just keeps talking about demon how... cop! There's a demon cop! He's seen the demon devil himself! Cop. The devil! And this exact... This, this phrasing causes a Captain... Vincent, I think is his name. Yes. Uh, to have an extended flashback of the secret origin of the Amityville cop, which involves special guest star Laureen Landon. Mm-hmm. From Maniac Cop. From One Maniac and two. Cop. One and two. It was... I couldn't believe it. Yeah. We had, you know, a thematically appropriate uh, actor. Yeah. I, I can't say name actor, because no. you know, we, we didn't even know her name. No, but... You recognized her, and yeah, we verified. Uh, uh, but yeah, she is uh, dressed in robes. They, um, which there's a so guy conveniently let her have the biggest cleavage on the planet Earth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of guys in red robes standing around a candlelit uh, pentacle, mm-hmm. and there's a cop or there's a guy laying in it who is. We're being told a cop. Oh no, he he has a badge. Oh, he does you have a badge. See, yeah, he has the badge hanging on his chest. Yeah, this is Wilson, the uh, the soon to be Amityville cop. Uh, he's tied down, and it's very unclear what the point of what the Satanists are trying to do. Like they want to create a monster, maybe. Yeah, they don't want to kill him. She gets a hatchet and she does something to. A side of him that's not on camera. Yep. We hear squishy noises, and it sometimes hurts him. Yeah, and and then she, there, there. So everybody says that, like they can't sing, but everybody can kind of sort of sing a little bit. Hmm. Maureen Landon really can't sing at all. I've I host karaoke. There are crazy. some people great energy, yeah. wonderful, you know, pre- like wonderful presence. Can't sing. Yeah. Doesn't, I mean, this was that's bad. not the point of karaoke. No, you know, it's true. To have fun. Yeah. But, yeah, there are some people, Dude. it's just not in their skill set. It was that's weird. Fine. It was weird, and it go like, everything, like, for a movie this short, everything seems to go on too long. Yes. Which is crazy. But uh, this ritual is either completed or interrupted by the, 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 the later, the younger version of the captain, played by the same actor... With uh, a different shirt. With a different shirt. 20 years prior. 20 years prior. And uh, that, like, he interrupts it. The Satanists run away. And then all of a sudden, Wilson is, like, full-on Amityville cop. Right. Which uh, we see his face. The makeup uh, the makeup and the look of the Amityville cop was pretty good. Like and it. actually, the guy playing Wilson, the Amityville cop, he, he was pretty... He had a lot of charisma. Yeah. You know, uh, they were doing the Freddy Krueger voice modulation on him but mm-hmm. he just uh, he had a good vibe to him throughout the whole movie which yeah. I, I, I enjoyed but he says I will be back in 20 years to destroy the war just to burn the city to the ground and this why motivation wait? well one why wait uh, but like later in the film the description of this event and the motivations for all the characters involved will be completely different several times yes like they keep coming up with a different thing every yeah time. there's more to it and as the flashbacks get longer and more elaborate uh, they turn into just dialogue because they definitely did not have the money to film no. a lot of what they described no they did not but it was yeah yeah so he yeah he uh, runs away from uh, Wilson from Amityville Cop and then now it's New Year's yeah and of course we're having the party in the office that we that's only this one location that we've got because obviously we are and this is our whole third act of the film 
Oh, actually, I, I do want to hop back on yeah. some little details. Sure. Um, first off, they're talking... Wait. We did skip over the morgue scene. We skipped over the morgue scene, which although was... not a lot happened in that. Well, it, it was fun hearing the uh, least scientific uh, descriptions of things from the medical doctor. It's like, he's strong. He's like freakishly super strong. Yeah. Or an animal. or It some, might have been an animal attack, like, but I don't know what kind of animal attack. Oh, yeah. at which point Miller declares himself an expert on the homeless and, and Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yep. And homeless Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Sasquatch is homeless. Yeah, well, his, his, we don't know what... Maybe it's a system of caves. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yellowstone is full of them. That's true. That's true. And surprisingly, uh, like, you just see all these empty picnic baskets. Yeah. So, yeah, we cut, arguably we cut ahead to New Year's Eve, or it was already New Year's Eve, because... No idea where, what time, time doesn't mean anything time, in this movie. Well, time doesn't mean anything, but Gus is in custody. Yes, Gus he's been is, in custody. Oh, the stupid lunch. Right, and uh, the lunch is after the flashback, which... Yeah, you're, um, you're right. But yeah, they have they're having lunch, talking about this crazy guy that they arrested and all these things. He's at the end of the table. He's at the end of the. They keep saying this I, this bum and everything. I don't understand like why you you're so nice to this bum. The bum is right over there. Yeah, and also stop using the word bum. Oh, I can use the word bum. No, you can't. Like they have an argument about using the word bum before using it a whole bunch more. He's at the end of the table the entire time, yep. just kind of keeping to himself. Miller's called an asshole a couple more times. It would have been great if they did like the uh, the Shaun of the Dead gag, where it's just like, it's like, don't call him a bum. Gus doesn't mind that I call him a bum. Gus, you mind that I call you a bum? Like yeah. that sort of gag. That would have yeah. that would have saved that scene. Yeah, they didn't do it. No. Um, instead, why, we why just don't, why don't they call us when they're making these movies so that we can help them. I think they hear how critical we are of them. No, that's fair. But, you know, we're just trying to help. Yeah, exactly. After the fact. Yeah. You know, in the least productive way on the planet Earth. Yeah. But yes. We're white guys. We have a right to have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the Constitution. But anyway. Yeah, Miller's an asshole. Not sure if uh, you guys understood that, because the movie definitely wasn't sure if we, the audience, understood that. Despite his behavior being assholeish, mm-hmm. and everybody calling him an asshole over and over yeah. and over again, I do have it in my notes. He is an asshole. Yep. So okay, I'll just mark good, that good, off. Good, then. good, good, All good, right, good. Cool. Great. So yeah. So now uh, we really just go to the party. Like mm-hmm. they have lunch with the homeless guy at the end of the table, and they ask, "Why do we still have this guy locked up?" got nowhere else to go. But he's not locked up. He's just sitting at the end of the table. So when it's all of a sudden the New Year's party at the police precinct and Gus is there hanging out with everyone. Well, they did get him new clothes. They got him new clothes, but But why is he there? He's their prisoner that they have never charged and they've never locked up. So I guess they are trying to be humane on it, but he's just hanging out all night. Remember that movie Men at Work? Yeah. He's the Gus is the pizza delivery guy. Okay. He's like the hostage uh, that is just kind of adopted it to the gang after yeah. minutes. Yeah. But like <laughs> nobody seems to question it. Nobody seems to have. Oh, any... he's just part of the family. Like like yeah. later in the movie, it's like, "Where's Gus?" It's like, yeah. "How do you even remember his name? You just met him a day ago." Yeah. And there's a murderer. Uh, Eventually. But first we have to have ten minutes of drunken shenanigans. Yeah. And if you thought Miller was an asshole sober, wait till you see Miller drunk. When he's getting hammered on those solid beers. So, um, something I noticed, the beer glasses, whenever anybody holding a glass of beer... Was none of it moving? None of the liquid was moving in the beer glass. (laughs) And sometimes they're gesturing pretty wildly. And the beer is staying perfectly still. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was just cute. Uh, also, the lunch especially, um, but through the whole movie, I just I, I got angry enough around here to make a note of it. The camera placement. Mm-hmm. The whole lunch scene is shot 
from the table's perspective, yep. but like at a really harsh up angle. Um, it's like being a four-year-old trying to watch a conversation of adults. But like then they'll cut to like Miller and Val, and Miller will be in perfect focus. Matt Val will be uh, like two feet behind him, the top of her head cut off and out of focus. She's the one talking. Yeah. Stuff like that. Whoever the person talking's not in focus. People are cut out of frame weirdly. And again, the camera is just placed in the most disorienting pl- like angles so much. It was surprising that the uh, a film that's written this poorly and acted this poorly was also technically poorly done. Yeah. The drone shots look great. The drone shots looked great, and they should thank whatever public domain, public library, or library footage uh, they got it from. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. But part anyway, of the time. needed to complain about the camera angles. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Right, you're right. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, the rookie gets really hammered, and Miller's hitting on her, and. Of course, it's going as well as an asshole who's the charming lead. Yep. But she tells him she has to pee, so she wanders off. And she is into him, we find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of singing his name as she stumbles down the backstage hallway. <laughs> um, Painted flat black. Flat black with, like... Just like if you've pa- ever paper. been backstage somewhere, yeah, been, at, like a, at a like music venue, the a theater, yeah, anywhere. It's funny. It was, it's not in a police station. Is the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get backstage. Or uh, oh my god, yeah. Uh, she gets to the bathroom. Uh, all of the stalls are locked, so she decides to pee in the sink. Never hikes her skirt up. She yeah. She hops up onto a sink. She's sitting on a sink. She's not even squatting. She's just sitting with her butt in the sink, and her dress is still as low as it possibly can go. Yeah, over the lip of the sink. Yeah, and so she's about to pee through her dress, but thank God the Amityville cop is there to stop her. Oh, no, you hear her pee, remember? Oh, God, yeah, you're right. You hear her peeing, through the and then they cut to a wide shot, and she's still sitting like that, so she's hammered. A little. She yeah. wa- dude, she wants to hook up with Miller. Oh, uh, yeah, you gotta be pretty drunk. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Amityville Cop bashes her head into a wall. Yep, repeatedly, but not in a Jason Voorhees kind of way, more of a let's be careful with our actors kind of way. Uh, yes, because, you know, we can't afford stunt people. Right. Uh, but there is a, you know, there's a good amount of blood on the wall and the, the ground afterwards, which was nice. Yeah. And then Cooper goes to look for as a... Uh, new uh, midnight approaches, and he finds her, and appears to not remember that he's a cop. Yeah, because he's just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Like, oh my god, somebody Some- got murdered! Somebody needs to help us! Somebody needs to help us! Somebody should call the police! Mm-hmm. Which does start the trend that follows all the way through to pretty much the end of the movie of the cops trying to figure out who they can call. We need to call the cops. We need to call for a backup. Like, you're the whole police department as far as we know. If they had just established that they were, like, a local town police department, that would have made this perfect. That would have explained everything. Like, if they had not used that drone footage, they could have just as... Or just gotten drone footage of a small town. Yes. Yeah, that would work, too. Nope. But, uh, yeah. So, the cops, you know not having any cops to call, have to deal with this on their own. This is... The Cooper runs into the uh, the, the party, and he's like, so we have a killer in the house. What do you mean by that? What do you think I mean? And that was when mm. I tossed my notepad. Yeah. Because, Jesus Christ. Yeah, because, yeah, he finds the body, he runs down the hallway, he does encounter the Amityville cop, who he just bolts starts- at him full force, pretty much... It's assumed, like, oh, he's got him. Yeah, like, at the speed no he's way. moving. And then it just cuts to, yeah, Cooper. He makes it, it. makes it into the room and says, hey, guys, blah, 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 blah. Let's have a scene of entire dialogue because he clearly wasn't that close behind me. Apparently, even though he's much more physically imposing and quicker. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah. We did, uh, in the middle of this, um, get Gus's origin story. He tells Tom that he had it all back in the day. Uh, he had a beautiful wife. He had a really nice house. And then he couldn't get a job overseas. Yeah. Um, and so he lost everything. He lost the wife. He lost the house. And then he dove into a bottle. Yeah. And I don't know... Like, was that supposed to mean that, like, his job was outsourced or was he? I don't know. He just, he had everything and then he couldn't get a job overseas and now he's homeless. Yeah. And And sober now. And he's telling this to Tom after the best bit of dialogue in the film, which we we almost skipped over. Oh, shit. Go for it. uh, Before uh, Lewis, the rookie cop, goes off to pee and get murdered... Uh, Miller is being Miller all over the place and he offends Tom to the point that Tom stands up all indignant and says I'll, no one else is going to say it but I will you're an asshole literally every single character has said that Miller's an asshole at least once mm-hmm. to his face if not multiple times to his face. To the point where he stopped countering it like, I'm not an asshole. He's like, oh, well, you just like me because I'm funny. Yeah. Like, he just, by the end of the movie, was kind of owning it. Yeah, and he owns it here. And then then Tom grabs a very clear, clear uh, what or what is clearly a Grey Goose bottle, storms off, and then... Gus gives him his uh, his tale of woe, and he's drinking a can of something. Gus is drinking a can of something. No, 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 oh, no, no. Tom, Tom is, is drinking a can oh, of something. Oh, so he must have already finished the Grey Goose. Apparently. And, and he looks like a heavy drinker. Yeah. And that's, you know, you need a giant bottle of vodka to be able to sit through somebody's tale of sobriety and complete bottoming out. I feel like they shouldn't have invited the alcoholic homeless guy to the drinking party. Maybe not. Yeah, like rock bottom, you don't want to be you don't want to be too much on the rocks with. I I don't know. It's fine. maybe they were it's doing fine. a thing. I was trying to sort out the pun they were making, and I Clark. I've gone cross-eyed. I can see the joke you were trying to make in my mind, and it's beautiful. But <laughs> <laughs> back to uh, yeah. They all, the last 20 this was this was like the the whole all of this is, like starts at the 17 minutes ago mark which was like on the one hand hooray on the other hand oh yeah uh but so yeah they all split up they split up cooper val and miller go to get weapons cap stays back to hold the fort and he tells tom and gus to get out while you can because even though tom They've repeatedly said is just a full cop. Yeah. He is useless. Yeah. <laughs> and just a whiny, whiny baby pants. That's why they... That's why he... That's why he... That's He's so incompetent. He's been working on this filing thing for like 20 years. Oh, no. They just gave do, him the busy work. Why do they have paper files in 2021? They don't really use them. They no. just give him the busy work so they don't no. have to give him anything else to do. Exactly. Oh, no. So... And that's, again... He's the best cop they have. He's the, He's the only good have. cop they have yeah. in their own words. So, well... Oh, Jesus. So, uh, the three good cop, the three useful cops are, honest to God, just rotating and trading cop cliches while they're grabbing an alarming amount of guns that no police station should have. Like, they have an Uzi 9mm in there yeah. and, like, a, and a rocket-propelled grenade. Yeah, and I know that there are probably some police departments that have RPGs, although less likely. Yeah. But, like, and some local police departments will have tanks and all that, but an Uzi. An Uzi. Uzi. An Uzi, Uzi. no for a police department for a huge amount of reasons. One, just far out of fashion. Yes. And two... Absolutely, one of the most inaccurate, you know, automatics you can fire. Those spray things. and pray. Yep. So yeah, all of this, and it's not like they were raiding an evidence locker. This was the armory specifically stated, and it's just 
Uh, it's just another room, and all of these things are on t- on two tables. Yeah, it's a break room, yeah. and instead of your coworkers sending out some books that they finished and don't want to have to move, yeah. it's just piles of guns. Just piles of guns. And so uh, Tom and Gus try to get out of the building, and this was a source of great confusion for Pat, because Tom tries to open the door, and uh, he can't. He says, uh, why Why would they lock this? Or why is this locked? To which Gus says, well, it's the evening. The people lock the doors at night. To which Tom says, and this is the part that you didn't understand. Not from the inside. But my issue is Tom works there. Yeah. He should know which doors are locked when and from where. And how it all is, like, I don't know. I think he does. I think the main, the Amityville cop is doing things. I'll take your word on it. Yeah. It still doesn't anyway. line up for me. So Gus hears a noise and wanders off. Tom goes to find him. Gus is instantly off-screen murdered. Right. So when you say Gus wanders off, Tom goes to find him, this is the order of events. This yeah. is not like there's other business. This, Gus yeah. leaves frame, Tom turns around, Gus is not in frame, opens a door, Gus yeah. is dead on the floor, Yeah, Amityville cop shows up behind Tom. The time we've spent explaining this is longer than the time it took mm-hmm. to kill Gus. Yeah. And the Amityville cop somehow got from inside that room mm-hmm. to behind Tom in the moment it took for Tom to turn around, see a door, open it, and find Gus. Yeah. And that this pers- is why I think the door thing messed me up so much is because I don't think they know how doors work. I think that they're basing their door work on those Scooby-Doo uh, chases where they're yeah. just running back and forth between doors and it doesn't matter where they connect. I'll allow it, but that's not what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so then for some reason we have an extended homage to... Uh, the scene in the original Fright Night where Jerry Dandridge uh, gets Evil Ed onto his side. Mm-hmm. With Tom. Yeah. It's like, they all make fun of you. No, only Miller makes fun of him. and Everybody else kind of backs you up all the time. Yeah, and Miller makes fun of everybody. If Miller wasn't making fun of you, you, would be, you should be worried. If he's making fun of you, well, you know, it's kind of on you for taking it personally. Yeah. It's, after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Tom is on board for wanting demonic power and becomes a zombie. He's a zombie. Yep. And uh, completely forgets about his mother at home. Wow. Do you, do you think she was real? I don't know. Maybe he was just making it up to... Maybe he was making it up for sympathy for his dating plays that never work. He's totally one of those guys that re- reads like those ladies' man dating uh, guides, and so he's he's, t- he's pulled a cabbage head. Yeah, he's made up the what the mom, and yeah. that's how he thinks he's gonna get sympathy mm-hmm. that will get him dates. And when he was a kid, he ordered some sea monkeys, and they never came. Motherfuckers. Therefore, unhappy childhood. Sure, sure. But so he's a zombie. Uh, which he just sent me right into the Jonathan Colton uh, Re Your Brain song. Uh, Tom, I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, it's basically a series of emails from the zombie horde outside of the office building <laughs> saying, let us in. We just want to eat your brains. Nobody's going to eat your eyes. Come on, like, I know you never had a head for all that bigger picture stuff, but that's what we're here for. Let's put this thing to bed. Just let us eat your brains. That's fair. Yeah. And polite. Yeah. It's I, It's a great song. I love it. Nice. So, uh, our armed cops go back to the one room. Tom shows up in the one room. And then uh, the cat, like, as uh, Tom and the uh, other cops are messing around with each other, the captain just says... It's like, Wilson, show yourself. And then Wilson just, like, steps out from behind a yeah, plant. Yeah, like he was waiting for his cue. I fe- yeah, it's like he's behind. He's just slightly off screen. He's like, I've been here the whole time, goddammit. Yeah, I was just waiting. I didn't want to be rude. You guys were doing your thing. Also, uh, now, we have named... Okay, we've got Val. Yeah. Um, the captain. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Will, um, Miller. Mm-hmm. And another cop, well, the rookie, Lewis. So, Lewis. 
So we had said that there was a party limited to 10 people. And there are some background people. There are background extras. And before Wilson shows up to confront the captain, the captain, I think it might be right before they go to the armory. Yeah. The captain says, oh, I sent the others home. I sent all of our non-speaking extras home. No, they okay. So you're you're right. He does say that dialogue, but then he uh, no 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 he, I'm he sorry. Yeah. no 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 you're fine. Uh, he uh, expands on it me uh, to explain that he was referring just to Gus and Tom because like all of the other non-named characters had just kind of left. Like I thought he had said he specifically dismissed the non-speaking characters. No, it really like they like by the time. Um, they're asking where Lewis is. Mm-hmm. Everybody has disappeared. Okay. Like, they're already gone. Gotcha. Because this party is lame. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought... It would have made a lot more sense, but no, because he has, like, another line of dialogue and saying, well, Tom is not really going to be that much of a use, and uh, Gus is a civilian. Because he's... He, yeah, he, he says that, that. But I thought that they had said, um, of the other cops, but we could have used them. We could have used a backup. I think they were referring to Tom and Gus. Oh my god. We've already wasted too much time on this. Yeah. This uh, this movie. Yeah, it's terrible. And so then uh they try to shoot Tom and it doesn't work. They try to shoot the Amityville cop and it doesn't work. They run away and then we get an extended monologue about the flashback that we saw twice. And now has like there's also there was a fire and uh, yeah, Wilson the, called for help, but the captain didn't answer, and that's why he wants revenge on the on well, the, the captain, captain and the city and the yeah. yeah. But like, we don't get to see any of the fire. We don't get to see him rush back in and try and be a hero, and then not be able to reach a crucified Wilson, yeah. who's already be starting to become demonic and like. There's reference there to was red no, eyes that are never on camera. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. A whole lot of stuff that might have been important to have seen. Yeah. And then, after all of that, uh, Miller correctly asks, okay, great, but how does that help us stop this guy? And the captain says, I think we should just let him run his course. So I think he should just, we should just let him murder us. And, uh, you know... We'll uh, go home and see how we feel about it tomorrow. Yeah. Now, the captain is committed to this idea. And also a pansy. Yeah. <laughs> he is just a very, very wimpy man. Yeah. So uh, when it comes down to the other cops are trying to fight Tom and get their escape, uh, Wilson faces off against the captain. Actually, that's weird. Okay. Yes. Okay. Val is still with Miller. Uh, yes. Because Miller, Miller takes out Tom and then has the second best joke of the whole movie, which is, uh, the, like, he shoots Tom several times with a shotgun, Tom falls down, and then Miller just kind of stares, uh, stands there staring at him. Val asks, what are you waiting for? The jump scare. Then Tom pops up, boom, boom, boom. All right, now we can leave. Yeah. And that was great. It was fun. Cooper's disappeared. Like Cooper just—I think it was just maybe in the background or hovering or forgotten. Okay, I don't know. Fair, fair. Um, He doesn't do anything either way. Yeah, it's completely ineffective. Uh, And Wilson is going up er, um, against the the captain. captain. Yeah. Uh, The captain says, "Just go ahead and do it. If that's what it's going to take to end this, just go ahead, kill me. Oh no, I'm going to torture you and make you hurt, and I'm going to make you suffer like I suffered. As long as that ends this." go for it like noble sacrifice and then Wilson's like no, I, I actually like killing I like doing this I'm going to try and kill a lot more people I'm going to try and take over the world Captain realizes that that bargaining chip yeah not a thing uh, as he's being pretty much doused in gasoline mm-hmm. standing there taking it yeah and then uh, after Wilson reveals that no he's just going to keep doing this kind of thing uh, the captain says okay to hell with this then, and pulls out a bazooka. Yeah, and fires it as far as we can tell because it cuts to fireworks outside that the other cops are sitting on a curb watching. Yep, and uh, they get chewed out by this heretofore never seen cop. Uh, Clawson. Clawson. Clawson, who, yeah, looks like an upper management or an internal affairs type or whatever, but literally 
Clausen walks up to them on the street outside the police building, says, there are a bunch of dead bodies in there. You have a lot to answer for. I'm going to have, you know, like, I'm going to hold you accountable. And she wanders off, at which point Wilson and Val go ahead and finally hook up. Or Miller, yeah. uh, uh, Miller and Val hook up because it had been mentioned that they weren't going to, so they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, the people that made this movie have seen cop movies before. Yeah, and know how people work. Mm-hmm. And then... Clausen Cla- goes back inside the somehow not on fire police station. Yeah. And uh, says, this is all just bullshit and insane. And then uh, Amityville Cop has the last line, like, when he pops up and says, yes, unbelievable, isn't it? And then a really annoying credit song. Yep. That's... It's oddly boring as shit, but charming. Yeah. I, I, I It's really weird. For as much as, I like, I parts of it gave me a headache, and I really... I yawned through this more than I've yawned through many of the others. Yeah. It was weird. But, oddly, I wouldn't put the resale value too low. No, it's one of those, it's the type of Amityville movie that we've gotten where everything about it is terrible, but there's like one or two things that make it worthwhile mm-hmm. to kind of, like you don't, okay, none of these are worthwhile to watch, to watch unless we say they are, but I don't regret watching it as right. much as I've regretted watching others. Yeah, um, and it may have been f- like frustrating, but I never found it angering. I got angry. I get angry. You get angry, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was definitely incredibly confused at things that I should not have been paying attention to. Yeah. Very consistently. Um, but then again, there were parts where it was just clearly there's dialogue or a plot point was dropped, but we mm-hmm. still have dialogue from it. Yeah. It is like the whole backstory of the Amityville Cop makes absolutely no sense. Could have used at least one more... If not two more of Amityville Cop just going around harassing normal people. Right. Gags. Like on the way to the station. But then if that had happened, they would have really had to have actually had like a serial killer case that they would have had to have addressed. And, you know. If it was all the same day. That could have been a a thing that you could make a movie about and actually fill up your movie. It's like it's, it's 68 minutes, but it's somehow too long. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So, that's the thing. Like the actual length of a movie is never the problem. No, like something like just got to put shit in it. Yeah, like the Batman is about three times as long as this. And amazing, and it feels, it felt shorter. It did. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. All right, we've All talked right. about. Have we? Have we? T- have we talked about this movie more? Then the movie is long. Uh, we or the episode I think is probably going to be longer than the movie the, itself. Uh, looking at the timer, um, depending on edits, the episode will probably be longer than the movie. <laughs> but we do tend to talk at the beginning. Well, you we're know, more the trailers and no, whatnot. no, no. I know, I know. It's just it's fun. Yeah, and I but. factor that into the commercials that they run on Tubi. So I'd say you're going to balance out on full experience time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But all right. Until next week. Get out. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 